Coming up on this week's Eastern Conference edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. It's early Thursday morning and the Stanley Cup final is shifting to Florida. They're down 2-0 to Vegas. What does the Eastern Conference champions need to do to get back into this series? Plus, the guys at TSN Insider Trading had some news and notes about some pending RFAs who could be on the move. And the Philadelphia Flyers are saying, come on, everyone. We're open for business. This is the Locked On NHL Podcast, and it's brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL, and when you enter promo code LockedOnNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. This is the Locked On NHL Podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen on this Thursday, June 8th. We're a day late, but we're going to bring you a very great show today. I'm Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators with Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs. And we have a fantastic show as it is Game 3 on deck of the Stanley Cup Finals. What do the Florida Panthers have to do to get back into the series? Who's an X-Factor? We'll get in all that. Plus, Mike, this time of year, it's all about the rumor mill. Yeah, and it's running rampant, as it typically is. But it seems like, you know, we had that trade go down yesterday. And from everything that I'm hearing, it sounds like, you know, there there could be more to follow and pretty quickly here. I don't know. It, typically, we don't see trades happen through the Stanley Cup final. But, man, it really feels like GMs and teams are getting a little antsy here with the fact that this uh, final seems to be taking so long. Uh, we might see some more moves, which I am very much in favor of. I'm convinced that the reason why Rob Blake and the LA Kings wanted to get this trade done is because Rob Blake sees a little bit of himself in Vladislav Gavrikov and they needed to shed money in order to ultimately re-sign their recently acquired defenseman to that two-year deal. So when you have that, when you have that in the, in the mix too, and they shed the salary, Cal Peterson gets a great opportunity because it looks like Carter Hart's going to be out there. So Peterson comes in. $5 million left for each of the next two seasons. Spent time in the minors this year. So it just seems like a fresh start for everyone. Ivan Provorov, obviously more known for his off-ice decision to not wear the pride jersey than he has really on the ice. The durability is there. The points haven't been there in the last couple of years for the high pick. So it's a big fresh start, feels like, for everyone with that trade. But now we look forward, because that was a couple of days ago. Like, Mike, what do you think is next for the Philadelphia Flyers? Oh, I think they're open for business. Uh, I mean, the the R word was used by Danny Briere, um, rebuild. And I think that they're going to keep going. I mean, you already spoke on potentially Carter Hart being out there. There's been many reports that they're they're listening. They're actively listening on all offers on Carter Hart. And there's a lot of, you know, teams out there that probably still view Carter Hart as, as uh, you know, someone who could be their goalie of the future. He's got one more year left on his deal. Um, and, and I would imagine that many teams look at him and say, hey, he could still be our guy. Uh, I would think that the the Ottawa Senators could be one of those teams potentially who could view him as a, a potential, you know, goalie of the future. Um, 
Travis Konechny is another player that I would imagine could potentially be uh, of interest of, of a lot of teams. I think there's there's a few guys. Scott Lawton's another one that you know has a few years left on his deal, but uh, would be a great third liner to any lineup, I, I would think. So I think they're open for business. They're ready to make some moves. And look, they, they should have done this last summer. The fact that they thought that they were good enough to even – do like sign Tony D'Angelo to bring in, you know, Tortorella as the head coach. Like they, it just didn't make any sense what they did a year ago. And now they're basically following in the exact same footsteps that the Chicago Blackhawks did two years ago when they traded for Seth Jones, they signed a bunch of guys and all of a sudden they sucked and they didn't make the playoffs. And they finally realized last year that they were terrible. And they finally started trading pieces away. It looks like the Philadelphia Flyers also realized after a wasted year, Oh wait, we actually stink. Let's just, you know, strip this thing down to the wickets, and uh, I think that's going to happen. We'll see a lot more moves, I would imagine, out of Danny Breer and the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, and they go out and get a first-round pick in the deal that sends Ivan Provorov to the Columbus Blue Jackets. So now they draft seventh overall. They'll also draft around twenty with that LA pick. Plus, they've got a couple of third rounders. Don't have their own second, but. If you're, if you're in Philly right now, you're probably feeling like this is music to my ears. They just got a new GM, Daniel Breer, well-known in the organization on the ice as a player, but they've always been nervous. And it's that Comcast, right? The, the cable company that owns the team. They want to ensure that people are interested. And with that, you have to ice a competitive team or one you can think. And there's that pullback during a rebuild. But in the Flyers case, I think the fans really are going to embrace it. They only had the one high pick, it feels like, over the last decade, and it didn't work out with Nolan Patrick. Of course, injuries played a role with that as well. But now is a real opportunity. Seventh overall in this draft, you're going to get a really good player. And why not carry that into the next two years, three years? You have your kind of top-end teams right now in the Metropolitan, and the Rangers and the Hurricanes aren't going anywhere, and there's other teams that are right in the mix. You almost feel like it's a good time to close your window completely reset and that way when you open it next time you can open it about 10 times wider than it could possibly be with this current core they have yeah i completely agree and and i think they should do that like there's just there's a lot of names that probably still hold value i mean they're in a situation where if they're not really going for it they could retain some value as well retain some contracts um, potentially like you're, you're looking at a couple of guys. I would think that Kevin Hayes, you know, you're going to need to retain some money on that deal, but if they could try and move him out, you know, retain, uh, you know, get some assets for a guy like that, maybe even Travis Sanheim, Ristolainen, Tony D'Angelo has one more year left on his deal. You know, does someone want to sniff around that at five mil? Maybe not, but you retain some of that money and all of a sudden he becomes a bit more of an attractive asset for, a team out there looking for a puck moving, you know, defenseman. So I could totally see this team going full scorched earth here for a couple of seasons, allowing, you know, the, the, the Metro to, you know, whatever happens there happens. They're not going to care. And then come three, four years from now, when some of those teams have fallen back out of it, though, the Rangers, the, the Washington Capitals, the Pittsburgh Penguins, now all of a sudden, boom, they're in the driver's seat and they're back at it three years from now and maybe have a pretty good squad if they can draft and develop well enough. Yes, well, the NHL draft is coming up June 28th and 29th, and Locked On NHL has your road to the NHL draft, so make sure you're locked on and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, including on YouTube, to not only the flagship show NHL podcast, NHL fantasy hockey, all on the Locked On Podcast Network, but we have individual team podcasts for every single 
squad, including Locked On Maple Leafs, where you can find Mike DiStefano, and over at Locked On Senators, it's the Battle of Ontario edition. Later on, we'll touch on our two teams. We'll wrap up the show with that. But Mike, there's at least three Florida Panthers fans listening to this saying, talk about the Panthers. What do the Cats have to do to get a win in the Cup Final? Did that long layoff really break the Camels back or the Panthers back in this case? We'll get into that conversation and a whole lot more next. You're listening to Locked On NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. What are they? They're stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts as well. They're made from stiff, restricted cotton. Bird Dogs fix the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Nobody wants to do that. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. Try saying that five times fast. That keeps you cool and dry all day long. So show yourself wearing Bird Dogs on camera. Talk about how we get with Bird Dogs. So Bird Dogs, go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter promo code LockedOnNHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You're not going to want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Go check them out at birddogs.com. All right, you're listening to Locked On NHL, your team every day. Thanks to the everydayers out there. You know where to find us on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're first time listening, welcome. That's Mike DiStefano. I'm Ross Levitan, and the Stanley Cup Finals is on right now. And Mike, I know where I'm placing my bets over at FanDuel. I'm going with Brandon Montour, anytime goal score, I'm hitting him with the point. I'm getting two points. I'm getting three points. You know why? It's why the new. That? It's the new dad bump. He just had his child. He has zero points in his last ten games. Mike, we were talking about this as a guy who had, I believe, ten points in his first eight playoff games this season, including a ton of goals. He's been dry. That's the change in momentum that he needs. Is that it? Huh? You're getting a little baby Montour in, in the fold and all of a sudden the Panthers, yep. they're back, baby. Yep. Is that what you're saying? I'm not taking them to win the game. They're favorites right now. I'm not taking them to win the game, but I like Brandon Montour to snap this funk offensively because they need him in the worst way and they need Sergei Bobrovsky to be the old. And by old, I mean last two weeks. <laughs> Sergei Bobrovsky, not the one we've seen in the first two games in Vegas. Yeah, they need a lot of guys to to step up here in Game 3. It's been a very disappointing showing, I would say, through the first couple of games in the Stanley Cup Final. Sam Reinhart is still looking for his point as well. He hasn't been uh, a factor at all, really, um, throughout these throughout the playoffs so far. And, yeah, like Bobrovsky, he's, he's got to play better, but I think the guys in front of him need to give him, you know, need to play better as well, right? The blown coverage on some of these goals has just been – ridiculous i mean that's that's not stuff that they've been doing at all throughout these playoffs some uncharacteristic you know defensive plays or maybe rather it's 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 them reverting back to the way that they were maybe potentially earlier in the season with some blown defensive coverages but uh the the to me there's there's really only one thing that they need to make sure that they do and that's win some net front battles because they have not been able to push vegas around in their own end and 
Vegas has been able to take away all the sight lines from Bobrovsky. And if you do that, it's hard to stop pucks, especially when, you know, LA or uh, Vegas has, has done a really good job of, of just getting pucks through and on goal. Um, they've got to make sure that they move guys around, get them out of the sight lines of Bobrovsky, allow him to see the puck. And uh, that's got to be the recipe for success. Cause if Bobrovsky can't be otherworldly, um, this team has absolutely no chance, no chance at winning not only the series, but in my opinion, a single game in this series. They got to find a way to play better in front of them. And then he's got to also kind of get back to being to who he was as well. And the Panthers kind of known as road warriors throughout this postseason, but they lose the first two games in Vegas. So now they have to come home where they won the last two course with the sweep over the Carolina hurricane. So maybe that'll be the push they need. Cause that barn was electric. We don't say that a whole lot often about the, the place down there in, in South Florida, but they were, they were bringing it and the team gave them a lot to cheer about. That was the last time they stepped foot at home. Matty Kachuk scored with five seconds left to close out the series. Yeah. And I'll give you one stat that I think uh, would, would make Florida fans happy to hear since the year 2000, uh, 12 times has, um, has the Stanley cup final started off with, uh, uh, first team winning the first two games. So we've had two Oh, 10 out of those 12 times has the team who's down Oh two in game three, won that game to make it two to one. So, I mean, if you're Florida, you're hoping that you can keep that trend alive. Yeah, and I think that they have the confidence to do it. I don't think that they're by any means mentally out of this series, but it feels like what they did best was dump, chase, get it, get in on the four check, really kind of make life miserable on on the other team's defense. And can't do this, that on Vegas. No, it's, Vegas it's, 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 it's is too fast. There's no weak link on that back end for Vegas. No, no, they're I mean, so good. Zach Whitecloud and Nick Hag have are their third pair and like they're playing excellent hockey they can skate they're big it's tough to to get physical with them and when you do like Nick Hag's just sitting there and laughing at you like literally just laughing at you for trying to get physical and they're not making mistakes either like you look at what's led to a lot of Florida's success offensively they're they 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 were very opportunistic they would wait for you to make a mistake they would, you know, get to the get hard on the four check, force turnovers, and score off of that. I think the they were number one in the NHL through the playoffs in goal scored within five seconds of a turnover. Well, the problem is Vegas is just they just protect the puck. They don't turn it over, right? They they do a pretty good job. The second that the puck ends up in their own end, they're getting it out of there as quick as possible, and and they're getting out of there with their sticks. They're not turning it over either. So. Florida, they're running into numerous issues on the offensive end and on the defensive end. I really, really don't think that uh, – I don't think they stand a chance in this series at this point. No, Vegas is so good, man. They come at you in waves, and even when they don't have the puck, all of a sudden they'll hit it out of midair and score two seconds later. Like, man. Mark Stone is having – obviously, Jonathan Marsh is so we, – we can't talk about this series without talking about Jonathan Marsh. So, but the ISO cams for Mark Stone this series – have oh, been unreal. Shit. Yeah, the the Brett Howden goal. That shit yes. that we were referring to. Well, that one, and I mean in game one when he bats the puck out of midair, yeah. the Maddie Kachuk clear. But yeah, take us through the shift for anyone who may have missed it. 
oh, the shift, I mean, like, breaks his stick, lays a hit, grabs his stick, stays onside as the puck is coming back into the offensive end, gets a little drop pass, sees Brett Howden coming off the bench, gets it to him, makes a nice little move and into the back of the net it goes. It was just a, a great little shift there from, from uh, former Ottawa Senator Mark Stone. Oh, buddy, don't even get me started. The funniest part that's, of all this. That's Brandstrom doing, pal. That's Brandstrom doing. Oh, buddy, well, that second-round pick was actually Igor Sokolov, Ooh. birthday boy yesterday, so big friend of the show. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, Mark Stone stinks. There's no question about that. Pierre Dorian told us straight up, first time we had him on the show, he's like, that's the one move. That was the hardest move of the rebuild. And they traded out about 25, 30 guys, it felt like, throughout that. He said two were tough. Stone was the hardest and JG Pazjo, I think just from a more personal standpoint um, for Pierre Dorian. So yeah, yeah impossible. Yeah, like, how about after game one, Pierre Lebrun puts out an in-depth article about how that trade happened. Like, Hey, it's already Monday. Like we, the last thing I need is to read this right now. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I ratioed him on it. Hey, eh? you know what I replied? What'd you reply with? The, uh, the gift from parks and rec where Ron Swanson's looking at his computer and then it just cuts to him with throwing his entire computer throwing it into the dumpster. <laughs> nice. That was me. That was me reading that article from Pierre Lebron. But hey, Vegas is cup to lose. I think it's fair to say that here. But the old adage is you're not in trouble until you lose at home. Do you buy that? No, I don't buy it <laughs> at all, man. I really don't buy that thing at all. I, I think this one, it's done, man. It's it's over. Even if even if Florida wins game three, like I don't have much hope that they win game four, five, six, or seven after that. So I, I really think that this one's going to be done in, in five at most. Maybe they are able to sneak a game, get one in Florida, but this thing is going to be over either in four or five and you know, we're going to see a, a brand new Stanley Cup champion and Bruce Cassidy. You know, he'll win a, a coach, uh, a cup as a coach. And then Mark Stone, you know, lifting, uh, lifting the trophy over his head. And maybe if my prop or my uh, futures bet ends up coming to fruition, Jonathan Marcia, so potentially as the con Smythe, guy's got 12 goals his last 12 games. Wow. Unbelievable. For Clutch, Marcia, too. Clutch, too. Well, and like the revenge narrative that's there too, right? Like this was a guy that legitimately Florida said, take him, this guy, take him in the expansion draft. We don't want you taking Alex Petrovic. Who take just signed him. an, hey, who just signed an AHL only contract yesterday. Yesterday. What are the timing? I know. I know. I saw that. But they said, take him. And guess what? We'll even give you Riley Smith. So that you also stay away from Petrovic. So take Marcia. So we'll give you Riley Smith and, 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 and stay away from our guy. And, uh, well, look how that turned out for, for, uh, for Florida. Not, yeah. not, not that best. Not that best. Oh, no, not great. Not great asset management there. It's a real shame, real shame for them. But yeah, I love that narrative, uh, in there too. And, and Mark Stone celebrates, uh, a January. I'm going to take a page out of Bruce Cassidy's notebook. Mark Stone celebrates a January goal against the Arizona Coyotes like he's just won the Stanley Cup. I can't imagine the expression when he actually wins the Stanley Cup. Like this yeah. guy, we know that Zidane Chara lifted the cup higher than it's ever been and the intensity on his face was, was there, but I don't think we're going to get anything better. And any Panthers fans already turned this off. They're like, they're already handing the cup to Vegas. One one more one more question for you before we uh, we move on here. 
how much more respect have you gained for Jack Eichel in this playoff run? A ton. A ton. Yeah. A ton. Did you, did you hear his comments after uh, after the Kachuk hit that he had with Darren Pang? Yeah, honestly, that's a big reason for, for the extra respect. Obviously, on ice, you knew the skill was always there. But the fact he, he kind of called his own surgery and said, no, this is what I want. And he's come back and he's been incredible. Incredible. No, yeah. all in. And yeah, the fact that, you know, he's able to acknowledge that was a clean hit. He got caught. Yep. And he said, hey, that's, that's hockey, man. That's, that's playoff hockey. It's a physical game. That's going to happen. I, you know, toe picked, kind of bailed out a little bit and he got me clean, square in the, square in the nose. And look, it was a, a, a big collision, but it was a clean hit by the, the rule book. And, you know, Jack Eichel, though, man, just the way that he's playing, the way that he's bought into being a, a two-way force out there as well, man, he's he's starting to live up to that billing of, uh, you know, as, as that number two pick that was worthy of being in the conversation at number one, along with Connor McDavid, at least. Remember remember for, like, a hot minute, it's like, oh, Connor or Jack, Connor or Jack, you know? <laughs> no, it's, not, it's not that far off. I don't know if you saw, actually, because the uh, – is it this upcoming weekend or was it last weekend that the NHL had their combine? It's it's ongoing right now. The actual um, the on not on ice so off ice testing is June tenth. Right. But, so but right now it, Monday to Friday the the prospects are all meeting with the teams individually. So I don't know if you saw this quote. I thought it was hilarious, but uh, <laughs> just as we're talking about this, but Mike Donahue, the director of amateur scouting for the Chicago Blackhawks said uh, in reference to Bedard, Fantilli, and Leo Carlson, uh, are yeah, they're all under consideration by the Blackhawks. He said, quote, these three players, they've earned the right to be in the conversation for number one. They're all different <laughs> in their own regard. I think hockey IQ is something that all three of them have. And uh, some are a little bit bigger than others. Some are a little bit better skaters than others. And then went on to speak highly about each of the players. But he said, I think they've all earned the right to be in the conversation. Yeah. You are a bold-faced liar. We all know that the number one pick in the draft is going to be Connor Bedard. So Just they're like setting us up. It's always going to be Connor McDavid. It's always going to be Connor Bedard. You think they're setting us up so that they can waste the five minutes when they're on the clock? Like, just oh, go up probably. and make the pick. Go up and probably. make the pick. Come on. All right, it's coming up next. Available. I mean, like the bet's not even available on Fanduel. That's how. That's how FanDuel knows they're taking Connor Bedard. That bet's not even available. You have to go straight to the number two pick if you want to place a wager on uh, the NHL draft. Speaking of FanDuel, today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. The FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of Locked On, and for good reason as well. Why wouldn't it be when it's the number one spot for a reason in North America, when you're looking to put a little extra on the game, FanDuel makes you feel like you're a little more in the game. Well, Mike knows because he's got a future on the Vegas Golden Knights. And I know because I've got a future on the Denver Nuggets. So you put two and two together. We're still in the game. You put it on before the playoffs. I got a plus 1000 ticket, Mike, on the Denver Nuggets to win the NBA championships. They're up 2-1, right? 2-1, yes, in the series. Nice. Vegas up to nothing. So we're feeling pretty good about that. You can feel good too at FanDuel. Head to FanDuel.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started for day. Get your no sweat first bet. 
Get your same-game parlays. Get them all at FanDuel. Go check out the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook partner of Locked On NHL and the NBA. All right. It is rumor mill season, and at TSN Insiders dropped a couple enormous bombs of RFAs to be. Pierre-Luc Dubois might be the least surprising news that he's requested a trade from the Winnipeg Jets. He has one year to go before unrestricted free agency. Both guys we're going to talk about do. We'll save more of it for the Western Conference show, but I do see one team in the East that is in all likelihood where Dubois will end up playing after this upcoming season. Mike, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, do you spend an asset to make sure, no doubt, that there's any sort of mind change. Because let's say they send him to the New York Rangers. He's like, wow, this is pretty cool. I'm playing for a winner. There's no reason to leave, right? There's always that uncertainty unless you get your guy. If you're the Habs, you want Dubois. It seems like he wants Montreal. Do you spend the asset now and bring him in? I do. I mean, if, if that is the player you think you bring in to be a number one center, I think for sure you got to go out there and you you got to make it happen. And plus that means that you can sign him to an extension. He's eligible to sign an extension this summer. So I would imagine that if you're engaging in, con- in, in trade talks with the Winnipeg Jets this summer, I would think that they would try and get permission to speak with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. And it'll be very similar to the Kachuk situation last year where he'll probably give a list of teams that he's interested in going in and you know they'll hey. try and come up with a, a deal the list of teams montreal the team in quebec the habs the canadians there's my list <laughs> pretty much Shanae, if that's the situation that they're in then eh, i mean that's kind of what it is like that was how they they that, like looked how well that worked out for florida with kachuk right could they have waited for kachuk to be a ufa potentially but instead what they do they went and they got their guy, and now they're in the Stanley Cup final. So it's clearly not going to happen in Montreal. They're not going to have a Stanley become Stanley Cup finalist. But you know, I think that there's still a good chance that they can go get a player who they have pinpointed as part of their future, and um, you know, just go and get them early. Go get them now. Get them extended, and all of a sudden you got PLD in Montreal long term, and probably pretty happy with him as you know one of the faces of the franchise. Yeah, and with that, you're able to look now uh, the other half of that in Ottawa where um, Alex DeBrinkett is in the same situation as Pierre-Luc Dubois in terms of contracts, and he's just given his list of teams in. Now, apparently he's fine to come back and play the, the deal, so it's not the same. And by the deal, they'd have to qualify him $9 million per, right? So it's not a situation where you're going to bring him back at that 6.4 cap hit that he has right now. But the ownership situation that keeps to be dragging out, dragging out, dragging out in Ottawa, he wants to know kind of what's the direction, what's this, what's that, before he makes a decision. He also has to decide whether he wants to play in Canada. We know he's an American guy, Michigan guy, has a one-year-old son. He's 23, 20, or sorry, 24, turning 25 years old. So I think that this is going to be super intriguing because Ottawa paid seventh overall pick in last year's draft, second and a third. I still like the risk reward they need it honestly if you want to do chain reaction to doesn't come to ottawa they had already missed out on kevin fiala and a few of the other big names that were rumored you know they needed that big top line uh winger without that i don't know if Giroux's convinced to come to ottawa either i think they kind of need to show him in a sense that they were serious so i still take that swing but now i'm like okay 
Uh, is a team just going to offer futures? Because this Ottawa team has, there's no excuses next year with how long the rebuild's taken. They almost need to make a hockey trade here. So I'm really curious to see what happens next with Alex to bring it. Yeah, it's always possible too to like recoup the cost, get the picks back, and then you can always trade the pick for other players as well, right? Doesn't necessarily yeah. have to mean that the trade trees all over after that. So I think that's so. Do you um, like? Is he just is coming back to to Ottawa? Unlikely at this point. Do you think? I'd say so. Yeah, and I think that it it could almost be a blessing in disguise in terms of how much money Ottawa has up front tied into just a, a small number of players. They're already going to have three players making seven point nine million or more with Josh Norris just a shade under eight million. Brady's at eight point two. Timmy's at eight point three. You've got your guys right locked up, right. and after next year, Jake Sanderson's coming off his entry level. That's going to be a big raise. Two years from now, uh, Jacob Chickren's at 4.6. I'm sure they want to keep him in the fold and, and as Carter well. Hart, when they trade for <laughs> Carter Hart. I don't I don't see that. I don't see that as, as a fit. And and we talked about that locked on centers today. And obviously, Alex Formanton's kind of the elephant in the room. RFA wasn't signed. And the ongoing investigation in the 2018 World Junior Team, I think the last thing the Senators need to do is take anyone on who was on that team. Just for – with the situation with – with uh, Formington having to sit out a year. And of course, nobody's been charged. Nobody's been anything, but the investigation continue. I just stay away from anyone who's on that team for now. Yeah. That, that might be probably maybe something that they'll want to do there, but um, I know you've looked into it. So, you, you know, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Like who would be, you know, a couple of teams that you think would be interested in Alex to bring it. Have you brainstormed some potential, uh, you know, trade options here? Yeah, well, when you look at Detroit, obviously comes to mind just the hometown aspect and Michigan and being a family guy as as a young age guy like the Brinkett, that kind of makes geographical sense. I, I've heard on 32 Thoughts that a lot of the central area teams are interested, like Nashville, like Dallas. Those are two landing spots. Carolina just makes so much sense to me as well. Like, don't they just need, need a game-breaking score? And like, yeah, you look at where they're at and I'm really interested in you're not going to get Nate Cash or, or Svechnikov out of there. Those would be kind of the dream scenarios if you're Ottawa. But really, what's the return? Because they have to make a hockey trade in this. Whereas if you're Nashville, dude, did you not hear that Nashville, they, they were taking calls on UC Saros near the deadline, which I don't know if kind of their, their strong end of the year and then a Barry Trotz taking over, if that changes anything for them. But I mean, I would trade to Brinkett plus for for UC Saros. Like he, he'd be obviously uh, he's one of Vesna caliber goalie. But um, I think that if you're look if you're looking wherever, you're gonna have to look at a hockey trade, and he, they can trade him anywhere. But if you are gonna accept his list for what it is, and you get the extension, then you can milk some more value out of it. And I think that's where it kind of becomes a win win for both parties. Yeah, that's definitely a name that's gonna be interesting to uh, to keep an eye on over the next few weeks. I also. You know, kind of heard from a different report, uh, a couple of different uh, guys reporting this, that they are expecting, you know, it seems like there's a lot of trade talk right now and, and expecting some creativity to, uh, to to kind of come to fruition in the next few weeks. And we could see a lot of trades, actually, uh, before July 1 to try and open up space for some teams, fill some needs for, uh, for some. So giddy up. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on, Ross. Lots and, of stuff happening. 
And we will have you covered every single step of the way. 35 different shows on the Locked On NHL channel with local experts on the biggest stories. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. It is a Stanley Cup game day on this Thursday, June 8th. And, well, double dip on Locked On NHL. So you're welcome. So go check out Power Rankings on deck. You can also make another Locked On NHL podcast your second listen. You can follow Mike DeStefano on Twitter at Mikey underscore Canuck. You can follow me at Ross Levitan. The network is at Locked On Network. It's your team every day.